This is the Frankly Daniel Show, and yes, I'm the Daniel and the Frankly part of this enterprise. It's my weekly exercise of our First Amendment rights. Thank you for joining me, and it's an honor to be here today with you. Today's show is entitled, The End of Civilization as We Knew It. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you fall into one of these categories, ladies, gentlemen, boys or girls, just No, you're no longer welcome at Disney World here in Florida. That's because Disney has gone totally gay and transgender woke after our brave Florida legislature passed a parental rights bill in education that was just signed into law by our governor, Ron DeSantis. Now, this parental rights in education bill prohibits Florida educators from teaching about sexual orientation or gender identity in kindergarten through third grade with a provision that enables parents to sue if they allege schools or instructors have been in violation of this law. Now, I'm sure you probably have heard by now, the left has propagandized this parental rights law as the don't-say-gay law. What hogwash. The law also implies don't-say-straight. In fact, it says don't-say-anything about sexual orientation or gender identity because, first, These are topics that are the sole rights of parents. And secondly, leave these innocent minds alone, for heaven's sakes. They're they're still recovering from the damage the politically charged Center for Disease Control and Teachers Unions inflicted on them from mandatory face masking and 18 months of remote learning, which, by the way, is an oxymoron. Remote, yes, learning, no. The new law says, in so many words, you don't get a crack at socially engineering and practicing your twisted ideology on the few remaining innocents in our shrinkingly sane world. It's evil enough that the left is pro-choice at any gestational age, but then to seek sadistically to indoctrinate those who are fortunate enough to actually escape being aborted It's nothing short of satanic. Unfortunately, Disney has gone radical progressive left and is in the process of degendering everything in Disney World. No more princesses or princes. And it's anybody's guess as to whether Mickey Mouse will remain straight or have to morph into a gay or transgender mouse. And the question remains, will the transgender house mouse be allowed to enter swimming competitions against girls or those purported to be biologically female. But this isn't what I want to talk with you about today. But I have to admit, this criminal nonsense has set my mood for what I do want to share with you today. And that's Joe Biden and his recent trip to NATO's non-emergency emergency meeting and Joe's gaff bombs in Poland. Now, as a person of Polish-American ancestry, I mean, after all, the ski on the end of my surname, isn't there to signal I'm Irish. I've I've come to disdain everything about Camilla and Joe. What a one-two insult Joe and Camilla are to Poland, Poles, and those of us of Polish ancestry. First they sent Camilla in to giggle, crackle, and litter her way through Poland. 
followed by our confuser-in-chief, Joe Biden. My dead ancestors are climbing out of their coffins to throw kibasses at you, Joe. And, and you got out just in time. Now, among other goals today, I'm going to deconstruct several of Joe Biden's major flourishes from his Warsaw speech and see just how well the same words might play right here in America. In other words, had Joe just changed references from Ukraine to references here in America, how differently might we have heard what Joe Biden had to say? And by the way, you can read and print a complete copy of Joe Biden's Warsaw speech by just going to whitehouse.gov forward slash briefing hyphen room forward slash and and it'll take you right to the speech. Now, let's start with one of the last uh, few sentences in Mr. Biden's speech in Warsaw. These are the lines that allegedly contain the Biden gaffe about the U.S. government's desire for a regime change in Russia. Now, I also want to alert you, I'm going to address these issues as if I'm talking directly to Joe Biden. We will have a different future, a brighter future, rooted in democracy and principle, hope and light of decency and dignity, of freedom and possibilities. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. Uh, Sorry, Joe, I, I know you only said, for God's sake, this man cannot remain in power once, but it was worth playing it three times for emphasis. Because the first thing that struck me about your closing line, Joe, was your nerve to call on God. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. Joe Biden, you support wholesale abortion in America. The abortion of hundreds of thousands of future American babies and citizens every year. And and you have the nerve to call on God? For God's sakes already? Really? Joe, you've repeatedly said that you have the backs of the transgender community. Oh, fine. But you failed to say that you have the backs of those of us, those of us who are believers in Judeo-Christian values. Apparently, you don't have our backs. It appears you take us for granted, Joe. Either that or you don't give a flying turnip about our values. But how curious that you're morally outraged at what the butcher of Ukraine is doing. This may surprise you, Joe, but I don't believe one word of your nine-word moral outrage statement, Joe. Not even a syllable of it. Let me tell you, Joe, why I don't believe any of it. First, last Monday, when you came before the press to explain what many have been calling serious gaffes that you made in Poland, a cameraman caught a photo of your cue card in hand for that particular press briefing. The second point on the card was a word-for-word explanation saying, quote, I was expressing the moral outrage I felt toward the actions of this man. I was not articulating a change in policy. Unquote. Joe, I- I'm just speaking from personal experience. When I'm morally outraged, no one has to give me a typed-up cue card reminding me how I felt or what to say to express my moral outrage. Second, I believe you want Vladimir Putin to win this war, Joe. Or said another way, you don't want Vladimir to lose. Now, everything you've done these past months points to no other conclusion, Joe, 
And this has triggered my moral outrage, Joe. You've had 20 opportunities over the past 40 days of war to say our goal is for Ukraine to win this war. We're obviously in it, but we're not in it to win it, apparently. We're in it to appear. We're helping the brave Ukrainians, but we're always weeks behind in whatever we do to help them. So, so what are we doing? What is the game plan? What is our goal? Now, you've repeatedly said how brave the Ukrainians are, but let's face it, Joe, you're scared to death that the Ukrainians could win this war and that Putin might strike out and rage against you, us, or a NATO country. Your fear of Putin has been palpable, Joe, and I'm calling you out on it for lying to us about the fact that you're willing to let Ukrainians go to their death defending their country just so Putin doesn't pull the trigger on us, right? If this is so, Joe, and I believe it is, your presidency is even more pathetic and reprehensible than I already think about it. And, and then you said this in Warsaw, Joe. With disinterest in any negotiation, with lies and ultimatums, Russia was bent on violence from the start. I know not all of you believe me and us when we kept saying they are going to cross the border. They are going to attack repeatedly. He asserted we had no interest in war, guaranteed he would not move. Repeatedly saying he would not invade Ukraine. Repeatedly saying Russian troops along the border were there for training, all 180,000 of them. Joe, you, you said... I know not all of you believe me and us when we kept saying they're going to cross the border. They are going to attack. Repeatedly, he asserted we have no interest in war. Guaranteed he would not move. Repeatedly saying he would not invade Ukraine. Repeatedly saying Russian troops along the border were there for trading, all 180,000 of them. And you... The president, with 50 years of foreign policy experience, believed Putin? You believed he wouldn't attack? I mean, really, Joe? If, and if you knew this, Joe, you, you knew that he was going to attack, why were you so late in getting weapons to the Ukrainians? And you were late. You're still late. They still haven't gotten one shipment of those switchblades you promised nearly two weeks ago. And And why didn't you, Joe, and the NATO nations have a concerted plan for the massive refugee flood that was bound to happen if you knew they were going to attack. Why didn't you, Joe, and the NATO nations have a plan in case Putin shut down gas and oil shipments to Germany and the rest of Europe? What a catastrophe! And don't you think he could still do that? And, and, don't, and don't tell me you had a plan. You, you, Joe, you just announced a plan last week at the NATO meeting 30 days after the war started, you and the European Union announced a plan to begin building liquefied natural gas storage docking stations in Europe to receive shipments of LNG from America. My nerves. Trump talked about this five years ago. To begin building, to begin building, to begin weaning Europe off of fossil fuels. I mean, really? To accelerate your collective death of fossil fuels and replace them with green energy? This is really your plan? And we're still wondering where in America that LNG is, is, is going to come from, Joe, uh, given that you have a full-scale war on fossil fuel producers here in America. 
Where's the LNG to come from, Joe? The LNG you plan on giving to the Europeans once they begun to build an infrastructure to receive it. So that's your plan, Joe? Why did you, Joe, wait to impose sanctions on Russia? And when you did, you only went halfway. Hold on, Joe. I'm I'm going to get back to, to these and many more points today. But I'll be saying, let's face it, Joe, often today. Let's face it, Joe, you've, you've invited the genocide that's going on in Ukraine. By not supplying the request for certain weapons to the Ukrainians, you're ensuring that this cannot and never will be a fair fight. It's glaringly apparent, Joe, you won't allow the Ukrainians a fair fight. You want Putin to win, but you, you want the Ukrainians to appear as brave crusaders who have fought above their weight class, and it's just a shame that they lost. And don't for a second think we don't know it, Joe. And my moral outrage grows, Joe. But in fairness to you, Joe, we know this isn't really you who's responsible for all this cowardly, evil behavior and policies being pushed in your name. Oh, I think that you are going along with the whole thing because you want to be president. But after all, you're a shell of who you used to be, Joe. No, don't get me wrong. I never liked your weather vane politics before the Democrats put you in this predicament, being president and all that stuff. But let's face it, Joe, you sold your soul to be president. Joe, you knew before you got into the 2020 race that you'd already lost 10 steps. Furthermore, you must know, at least your family and those around you know, Joe, that you're losing another step each day you remain in the presidency. Your disease is progressive, Joe. I take it you know this means it's, it's not, it's not going to go away, and it's, it's going to get worse, and it's going to get worse fast. I mean, haven't they told you this, or are you just too stubborn to accept it? You're already getting thousands of people killed in Ukraine, Joe. You must know, you must know, Joe, people inside the White House, they're beginning to talk to people on the outside, and they're saying you're even worse you're worse off cognitively than, than you appear while you're stumbling through your teleprompter speeches. I say, well, I, I have your attention, Joe. Let me ask you, why do you go to Delaware every Friday and return on Monday? Is this part of your employment contract where you get the weekends off as president? Or, or is it that you don't want the White House staff to see you crashing into walls and saying nonsensical things on the weekends? Uh, there aren't any pre-typed cue cards written up for small talk to maids and service folks in the White House, Joe. I'm sure you know that by now. If you were to stay in the White House on the weekends, this could leave your cognitive problems exposed to others, and you may not be able to control those ideas. Is this why you shuffle off to Delaware on the weekends, Joe? Unquestionably, Joe, if we, if we all saw how truly mentally crippled you are, Believe me, this would frighten America, especially the Democrats, who understand the risk your party runs, especially if they have to replace you with that woman. You know the one I'm talking about, Joe, that, that woman. I'm sorry to have to be the one who tells you these things. But to get back to the Delaware issue, Joe, especially since we the taxpayers are footing the million-dollar bills for building eight-foot walls around your multiple homes and installing all sorts of other security equipment. Very curious, Joe. 
How is it you see the value in having a high wall around your sovereign house territory, but you don't understand or agree with a wall to protect our national border? You obviously take home security very seriously, but why not our national security? Well, in any event, this has got to be good news for Hunter. He's off the hook for now and having to pay any more of your house improvement bills. Thousands of dollars for this and for that for years now, according to Hunter. I I take it you're reporting all this gift income on your federal income taxes. Now, you know Hunter wrote all about these payments in his recent book and in emails on that laptop of his. You know, the the one that is all full of Russian disinformation. I have to say, Joe, you have some incredible liability on that Hunter laptop. And when the Republicans take back the House and possibly the Senate, investigations are going to run wild. But, But let's go back to the war, Joe. Back to the slaughter in Ukraine. Let's see if we can put your moral outrage in some perspective. Now, it it all started with your save-the-planet arrogance over our use of fossil fuels. Uh, Yes, Joe, your concocted lies about fossil fuels and climate change, they lit the fire that's now become a conflagration in Ukraine. I mean, you crippled our ability to meet our own energy needs, Joe. You single-handedly have driven up the price of everything that's connected to oil and natural gas. Gas at the pump, food, heating and cooling bills even clothing. But believe me, Joe, raising the price of gasoline to eight bucks a gallon isn't going to accelerate our conversion to green energy. That technology, except on the margins, is at least another 10 to 15 years away, and it's froth with critical limitations, Joe. I don't know if anyone's really telling you these things, Joe. China controls most of the minerals and metals necessary for all our storage battery technologies. And you, and you should know this since your son, Hunter, helped the Chinese recently buy another a cobalt mine in Africa. I, I believe the price was $3.5 billion. Additionally, our mining technologies are seriously polluting the soil, air, and the water. I, I'm surprised your EPA, I mean your Environmental Protection Agency secretary hasn't, hasn't informed you about this. But again, why, why would they alarm you about something that could get in the way of spreading the religion of green energy? And we've still to work on how to recycle these critical metals and minerals. At the moment, we recycle less than 10% of these metals and minerals from car batteries and storage batteries, uh, from solar panels and the like. Did, did you know that? How about this, Joe? Did, did, did you know that to achieve the Paris Climate Accord goals... Independent researchers say that we're already oversubscribed to by more than 200 to 800 percent for the necessary minerals and metals necessary for our future electric battery storage needs. Now, what does all that mean? In other words, they're saying that these metals and minerals don't exist on Earth in quantities you'll need to realize your clean energy goals anytime soon, that is unless they're going to find a whole new cash somewhere. Oh, and, and, and I, have, I do have faith in American brilliancy, Joe. We'll, we're going to figure this out. But, but it's not going to be next week, Joe. And I see your 2023 proposal, your budget proposal, that you just came out with, is set to tax energy producers in America 
by another $45 billion? Really, Joe? So you intend to raise gas prices higher, continue to push producers and businesses uh, and, and out of business, and you're still going to blame it on the butcher of Ukraine? Ah, it's not that clever, Joe. You, Joe, yes, you've also made us partly dependent on Russian oil. Boy, we, we didn't see that one coming. And, and we didn't know what was going on until Americans rose up, discovered it, and forced you to ban Russian oil. And if you were a true leader, Joe, you would have banned Russian oil on day one of the Ukrainian invasion. But no, 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 no. You had to be pushed by the American people into banning Russian oil more than two weeks into the war. And then the ban won't even go into effect for another 45 days. Ah, oh, Joe. It is, it is you, Joe. You've made it difficult for us to help Europe in an energy crunch like right now. One that former President Trump warned the Europeans about five years ago. Reliance on a single foreign supplier can leave a nation vulnerable to extortion and intimidation. That is why we congratulate European states such as Poland for leading the construction of a Baltic pipeline so that nations are not dependent on Russia to meet their energy needs. Germany will become totally dependent on Russian energy if it does not immediately change course. Here in the Western Hemisphere, we are committed to maintaining our independence from the encroachment of expansionist foreign powers. It appears, Joe, from, from your actions over the last 16 months that we here in the Western Hemisphere are no longer committed to maintaining our energy independence from encroachment of expansionist foreign powers. Hmm. Joe, you keep going to our strategic petroleum reserves to take, to take out oil to ease the high prices of gasoline, the high prices that you've created, Joe. This is the third time in your short presidency that you've gone to the well for political reasons. You take oil out, but you fail to put any oil back in. When will this strategic reserve go dry, Joe? This, this is your solution to our energy crisis? You don't want to pump more oil, but you're going to just drain everything that we have in reserve. Every barrel you take out of this reserve, Joe, just like every 8,000 illegal aliens that you allow to cross into America every day, yes, 8,000, make us less safe and more insecure. And Joe, Joe, it was you who lifted the Trump sanctions on Putin's Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Don't you think this sent the, the wrong signal to Putin that Europe wasn't going to interfere with his designs on Ukraine? A and who can forget? So I think what you're going to see is that Russia will be held accountable if it invades. And it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion, and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do, etc. This was just one of many consequential gaffes those in Ozland had to re-explain or, or walk back. Now, if this was a consequential gaffe, uh, uh, what do I consider a routine gaffe? Uh, here's, here's one. 200 million people have died 
probably by the time I finish this talk. Unnecessarily, now we have over 120 million dead from COVID. America can back up on its feet and once again fight for the proposition that we hold these truths to be self-evident. Sounds corny. Not a joke. Think about it. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, you know the you know the thing. You know how we talk about it. Are we the people? Folks, endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights. We've never lived up to that. We've never lived up to that. Thomas Jefferson, who wrote the words, never lived up to it. Okay, that was true. But I just couldn't help myself. But a gaffe. By the way, what is a gaffe? A gaffe is a boo-boo. It's a slip-up. It's an indiscretion. A miscue, a blunder, a howler, a faux pas, a breach of etiquette, a blooper, a goof-up, a blotch. A slip of the tongue, or in your case, Joe, they, they sound like a slip of the brain. If it isn't written down for you, Joe, and if you don't strictly stick with the pre-written words you're supposed to say, then you can count on you, Joe, to issue a Joe Biden gaffe. While each gaffe is lamentable, Joe, most of your gaffes are just unfortunate. But the pace of consequential ones are picking up. I ask you to consider what we'd be hearing from you, Joe, if you couldn't lean on a teleprompter. Or if you, Joe, had no access to typed-up cue cards. Joe, they built, they built you a special White House soundstage across the street from the White House. This way you can be three feet away from your teleprompter, and this cuts down on your squinting while you read the prepared scripts. But when you're out of the cage, out in public, things, things get dicey. Joe, you, you can't remember who the First Lady is, and you often refer to Kamala Harris as the President or the First Lady. And Joe, what's with why you can't remember the name of your Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin? Lloyd Austin is that big black man who used to be an Army General. Y- you appointed him especially because he was black, Joe, or is black, no, I'm not kidding, and, and I take it your, your staff wasn't either when they said the Pentagon needed a black man like General Austin to root out white supremacy and white rage completely out of our military after what happened January 6th at the Capitol. Well, it's about time to hear from Kamala or Kamala or Vice President Harris. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to take a break, a very short break, and then it's time to come right back because every day it's time to come back and hear the rest of the story. And do I have a lot of important information? You'll be happy you made the time to come back and hear. So hit the head, hit the fridge, and hurry right back. You know you're loved here on the Frankly Daniels Show, and I'm not kidding. Along with a healthy immune system, clean air is vital for optimal health. According to the EPA, we spend 90% of our time indoors, where germs are most concentrated. It's essential to clean indoor air. Genesis is the only technology that quickly, safely, and effectively kills pathogens both in the air and on surfaces in seconds, reducing the viral load in any environment. 
the powerful, well-built Genesis Fogger produces a dry, ultra-fine mist using HOCL, which occurs naturally in our own immune systems. We'll be living with airborne diseases in the future. New viruses and antibiotic-resistant superbugs are no problem for Genesis. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Visit genesisfogger.com. America Out Loud listeners receive a 15% discount with promo code OUTLOUD at genesisfogger.com slash OUTLOUD. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. Your mind races. You toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM Sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. People often ask me, Malcolm, how do we fight the corruption? Robert Frost has said it best, freedom lies in being bold. Well, for six incredible years, bold is America out loud. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on the precautions, but deep down, you still want to avoid getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a povidone iodine antiviral nasal spray. Made in the USA, Cofix RX reduces viral loads and minimizes the risk of you getting sick. Find a retailer near you or click our banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Frankly Daniel Show. This just in. And it's an update to my earlier comments on your plan, Joe, to withdraw another 180 million barrels of oil from our strategic petroleum reserves, taking our reserves down to their lowest point since 1984, or if you do the math, about 38 years ago. All this is nonsense. It's a political act, isn't it, Joe? Is this, is this why we set up the strategic petroleum reserve? I, I think not. Joe... You want this to appear as if you're doing something to deal with the energy crisis you have created. If you would just let oil companies do what they do, all this would go away. Joe, you withdrew 50 million barrels of oil from our reserves in November of last year, 30 million barrels in March of this year, and now you're going to draw down another 180 million barrels of oil. Now, I understand you're going to release just 1 million barrels a day, for the next 180 days. But but let's get real. The estimates are that you're going to lower the price of gas at the pump by two to three cents a gallon. This is all for show, isn't it, Joe? At the end of this third withdrawal, our reserves will be down to half full. 
it hasn't been that low, as I said, since 1984. Your just-announced strategy is to continue to withdraw from the strategic reserves. You're going to push OPEC to pump more oil. Good luck with that. And you're going to ask the Federal Trade Commission to investigate price gouging by oil companies. Price gouging? Really, Joe? The only one that's gouging us, Joe, is you. Joe, most of the OPEC countries won't even take your phone calls. Seems they're upset with your aim to unsanction Iran with your Russian-negotiated deal that lets them lie their way to a nuclear bomb by 2027. While we're on this topic, let me ask you, Joe, is it true that you want the Justice Department to investigate why oil companies aren't drilling on those wonderful 9,000 leases and permits you claim they have? I can answer that one for you, Joe. But, Joe, I I hear you're also asking Congress for legislation to find those companies who refuse to drill on those leases. Is this your idea of business in a democracy or in your preferred totalitarian nation? But you haven't been honest with us, Joe, really. I mean, that's no surprise. Nearly 3,000 of those 9,000 leases are held up in court proceedings as environmental groups that are on your side, Joe, are suing the owners of these leases not to drill wells on these leased lands. Joe, seriously, why why would an oil company risk investing in drilling a possible well, well where there's no guarantee that there's a lot of oil on any given lease, and then hope to get the necessary permits from your EPA to pipe that oil to a refinery? all to find out in six months from now or next year that you're going to ratchet up your hostilities toward fossil fuel companies when you kill the Keystone XL pipeline in midstream, Joe. All investments in that pipeline were lost. American American investors really aren't that gullible, Joe. Don't expect any American company to play your political game, Joe, of investing now only to be driven into bankruptcy months ahead when you change your mind again. Besides, Joe, your thoughts and feelings about fossil fuels and American oil and gas companies is crystal clear. Doing away with any subsidies for fossil fuels, number one. Number two, holding them liable for what they have done. When they don't, when they're deliberate, put them in jail. I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, we would, we, would, we would work it out. No more subsidies for fossil fuel industry. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. But back to my claim that you, Joe, are largely responsible for the war in Ukraine. And I do think the major underlying issue, the major problem is you're afraid of Vladimir Putin. Uh, do you remember Crimea, Joe? Just what did you and... President Obama do when Vladimir, the butcher of Georgia and Chechnya, what did you do when Vladimir marched into Crimea in 2014? If, if you've forgotten, let me remind you, Joe, you levied a few meaningless sanctions on Russia. Yes, sanctions, Joe. And, and then there's the fact that Russia has been in eastern Ukraine since 2014, arming and training Russian-speaking separatists in their civil war, with the Ukrainian government? And, and what did you do with the Ukrainian request for help throughout 2021, Joe? 
I'm speaking of their request for weapons and training to help them oppose Putin's aggression on their eastern border with Russia. Ukrainians have been dying on these uh, killing fields since 2014. Yes, even civilians. But no moral outrage on your part, Joe, about what's been going on in eastern Ukraine for the last eight years. Well, of course, you didn't want to get involved, I can understand. Who knows what crazy Putin would have done? And who knows what compromising dirt the old KGB agent has on you, Hunter, and your brother Jim? Uh, Hunter, the family bagman, hauled several millions of dollars out of Russia, along with that that 3.5-carat diamond, we keep saying, a gift from the wife of the former mayor of Moscow. And besides, your party has all those build-back-better plans to make America a socialist nation, as touted by the progressive radicals who claim you're in the White House because of their support. Oh, let's face it, Joe, they, they don't really care about Ukraine. They have a radical Marxist agenda to get done before you, the Democrats, lose the House and maybe even the Senate come this November. Now, we all know President Trump wanted to help the Ukrainians, but he also wanted to get to the bottom of what you and Hunter were up to in Ukraine. Well, you were the vice president. Instead of you, Joe, being accused of a quid pro quo by guaranteeing a U.S. loan to Ukraine for a billion dollars, only if the Ukrainian president at the time fired the chief prosecutor investigating Burisma, a corrupt Ukrainian oil and gas company, and Hunter Biden's influence peddling in Ukraine. President Trump was impeached by the Democrat-controlled House for a made-up story that he was withholding military aid to Ukraine for dirt on you and your son, Hunter Biden. So Trump's hands were tied until his last months in office before he could assist Ukraine, and he did. However, we also know you held up President Trump's last promised shipment of 150 javelins scheduled for March of 2021. You held it up until August of 2021. Now, your excuse, Joe, was that you didn't want to provoke Vladimir. But Putin didn't start his troop buildup along the Ukrainian border until April of 2021, the same month you lifted Trump's sanctions on Russia's Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Hmm, how curious, Joe. We were told for weeks on end prior to the Russian invasion of Ukraine that you, Joe, would only impose economic sanctions on Russia if Putin invaded Ukraine. The threat of sanctions were there to deter an invasion. We were repeatedly told by your staff, Joe, that you wouldn't impose sanctions on Russia before they invaded because sanctions applied before the invasion would no longer act as a deterrent. And, and then, out of the blue, Joe, you dressed down a reporter at a Brussels press briefing last week who dared challenge the effectiveness of your sanction strategy. To paraphrase her question to you, Joe, she asked that since the sanctions the United States and the European Union had placed on Russia were not working as a deterrent, to Putin's military action, why, why continue with more of the same? She asked this right after you and the NATO countries found another 400 Russians to sanction. Well, you took her to the Joe Biden School of Foreign Policy. Straight, you remember, if you covered me from the very beginning, I did not say that, in fact, the sanctions would deter him. 
Sanctions never deter. You keep talking about that. Sanctions never deter. The maintenance of sanctions, the maintenance of sanctions, the increasing the pain and the demonstration why I asked for this NATO meeting today is to be sure that after a month we will sustain what we're doing, not just next month, the following month, but for the remainder of this entire year. That's what will stop him. So now we stand corrected. Sanctions are never a deterrent. Right, Cho? But what do we call them then? They certainly didn't deter Putin from invading, did they, Joe? So are they a punishment now, Joe? In, in the long to intermediate run, Joe, sanctions may, they just may have an effect on Russia's military capabilities and efforts in their unprovoked war with Ukraine. But only after Ukraine has been pulverized into rubble and tens of thousands of Ukrainians lay dead or buried in mass grave sites, Joe. Any Ukrainians still alive at that point are homeless refugees in their own country or have escaped harm's way by fleeing across their borders to a neighboring ally. Now, if you want to be angry and morally outraged at someone, Joe, start with yourself. It was entirely within your power, Joe, to have stopped this hideous mass murder in Ukraine before it ever started. Joe, you you didn't even want to use sanctions until after Putin attacked Ukraine. You needed an excuse other than deterrence to put sanctions on Russia. Well, actually on Putin. You were never going to use sanctions as a deterrent, even though your staff kept saying that threatening to use sanctions was the way to use them as a deterrent. You acted with fear and cowardice, Joe. You didn't want to anger Putin. Okay, but but why? What did you really fear? Yet you've already told us that you knew he was going to attack. And if you knew, why didn't you, Joe, arm the Ukrainians before the invasion? You could have put Patriot ground-to-air defense missile systems in Ukraine. You could have given them more than just javelins. You didn't ship shoulder-mounted stingers until February 24th, the very day of the attack. You could have given them and trained them on the switchblade drones that that you've promised, but they still haven't arrived. Poland could have flown their donated MiG-29s into Ukraine themselves, and on and on and on. And a fully armed Ukrainian army certainly would have helped on the deterrence front, Joe. So you held up Trump's last act of support to Ukraine, Joe. How petty. And even after Putin had amassed 180,000 troops by January of 2022, Joe, you, you finally sent out our second shipment of javelins and small arms to Ukraine, but still no stingers. You must have had intelligence by January that Putin was weeks away from invasion and just waiting for the end of China's Winter Olympics. And Joe, you said, you said this in Warsaw. The threat is why the response of the West has been so swift and so powerful and so unified, unprecedented and overwhelming. Swift and punishing costs are the only thing that's going to get Russia to change its course. These economic sanctions are a new kind of economic statecraft with the power to inflict damage that rivals military might. Let's get something straight here, Joe. The sanctions weren't swift. They still aren't swift. 
Here's a report from Brett Velekovich, a former Army Special Operations Officer, reporting just a day ago from inside Ukraine. There's a lot of information coming out from the U.S. administration because they don't have enough people on the ground here in Ukraine. You can't run this war from from Poland. I've been pretty polite with not attacking uh, the administration because there are good people in the government who mean well. But it's wild to hear the news about all this supposed humanitarian aid allotted by the U.S. government. But what we're seeing on the reality from our perspective is that most of it has not made it to the front lines to the people who need it the most. I've yet to have one Ukrainian commander who has said to me they're getting humanitarian aid or weapons from the United States government. It's mostly civilian organizations like ours doing the job of the U.S. government. And I wish people could really see the reality on the ground here. Why am I getting calls from Ukrainian commanders and special ops guys who haven't received any aid on the front lines? Why am I sitting in front of elite commandos from the Ukrainian army who are wearing tennis shoes? Battle. It's freezing on the front lines. People are getting frostbite. And it's just, you know, it's just absolutely r- ridiculous. Many of these guys, they need chest seals. They're doing, uh, you know, doctors on the front lines are doing these surgeries without the proper meds. Uh, People are dying here. And I just even confirmed today through a reliable source that these switchblade drones that uh, supposedly the Biden administration announced a few weeks ago, they're not even in country yet. Dealing directly with the people who would be using them. And it's been crickets. They don't have them. I've been here in Ukraine for a month. How do I have more drones in country that we've handed off personally to Ukrainian special forces than the the entire U.S. government alone? So. These people need help, and, and it's just, it's, it's terrible to see what's going on, on the ground here. In your mind, Joe, the sanctions may be unprecedented and overwhelming. But 40 days into this war, they still haven't saved one Ukrainian life, spared the bombing of one civilian building, or allowed Ukrainians to leave their war-torn cities without great risk. And I've confirmed from three other sources that the switchblade drones still aren't in Ukraine. So taken together, your economic sanctions may be a new kind of statecraft, Joe, with the power to inflict damage that rivals military might. But this hasn't happened as of yet. And the longer this war drags on, the likelier Putin will find other buyers for his oil and gas and other military suppliers. With the help of the Chinese, this may turn the world from using the American dollar as the world's reserve currency and switching to the Chinese Juan Remindi. This would be devastating for the U.S. So if the international sanctions are going to work to stop the war or seriously cripple Russia's ability to sustain the fighting, they better do so soon. Believe me, Joe, your sanctions routine is nothing but a one-trick pony. China's already designing an economic workaround. If they should decide to invade Taiwan, and you try the same sanction stunt on them. Why don't you just arm the Ukrainians, Joe, and stop all the slow walking of military aid? In the years before the invasion, we, America, had sent over $650 million before they crossed the border in weapons to Ukraine, including anti-air and anti-armor equipment. Since the invasion, America has committed another $1.35 billion in weapons and ammunition. And thanks to the courage and bravery of the Ukrainian people, the equipment we've sent and our colleagues have sent have been used to devastating effect to defend Ukrainian land and airspace. Hello, Joe. You are so very duplicitous. You sent $350 million in military aid in January of this year, three weeks before the Russians invaded, another $300 million the day of the invasion, 
And as for the $1.35 billion in weapons and ammunition, less than 30% of those armaments are currently in Ukraine. Don't tell us about the years before the invasion, Joe. We did next to nothing until the Russians actually crossed the border. And we've been running our butts off trying to get weapons and ammunition to the Ukrainians. And we've been running our mouths off saying that we have. As I've said, you you didn't even send them shoulder-fired stingers that take out low-flying Russian air support until the very first day that Russia invaded on February 24, 2022, a day that will live in infamy for sure. And because of your lateness, Joe, these supplies, they have to come across the Polish-Ukrainian border in western Ukraine. I hope you have a map in front of you. Thus, the Ukrainians are having a devil of a time getting these supplies to the eastern front because they don't control the air. They obviously can't fly these uh, supplies there for, as I've said, some very obvious reasons. The Russians control the entire airspace. Just think what the Ukrainians could do if they'd had this equipment one month before the invasion. They could have distributed it anywhere across all the possible possible battlefronts. On Thursday of this past week, Joe, the Russians, just on one day, they carried out 200 aerial bombings of Ukrainian cities. 200, they, they can't, obviously they don't have enough weapons to take these planes out and you won't give them any other airplanes to work with. Joe, you have always led from behind. Joe, you've repeatedly warned us that Russia is a major nuclear power, and if pushed too far by us, they may decide to use nuclear weapons and begin World War III. It's as if your administration, Joe, is determined that the Ukrainians cannot be allowed a fair fight against the Russians, because if the Ukrainians win, we could all lose. Well, calling on God to take Putin out, Joe, you keep signaling Putin, don't worry, we won't give the Ukrainians a fair shot at beating you. But if God wants to take his turn, well, that's just fine then. You've used this excuse to withhold what you call offensive weapons because you don't want Putin to view items like those old Russian-made MiG-29 jets as escalatory. What hogwash, Joe. In the past, God has taken his turn. Do you know the story of the Jewish shepherd boy named David who fought a one-on-one battle with the Philistines' champion, Goliath? Now, here's my simplified version of that battle. King Saul, the first Israeli king, refused to personally take on Goliath for a winner-take-all match to the death. Saul was twice the size of David, the future king of Israel, and Saul had ten times the combat experience of David. In fact, David didn't have any at all. But David volunteered to fight Goliath. Now, David was equipped with only a sling and a stone with which to fight. David stepped up and launched his stone, and he hit Goliath right between the eyes. But while Goliath was out cold and lying on his back, David stepped up, grabbed Goliath's massive sword, and cut Goliath's head off. Very few people know that part of the story. If not for David's valor, any other Israeli would have likely lost to Goliath, and the kingdom of Israel would have crumbled. Joe, are you afraid that Goliath may lose again in Ukraine? We don't want to say or do anything that might drag us into a world war, and certainly not with the super nuclear power. But aren't economic sanctions an offensive weapon, Joe? 
they certainly aren't a defensive weapon. How is it that devastating sanctions, per your description, uh, won't provoke Putin? How is it that sanctions aren't provocatory? You tell us, Joe, you're crushing the Russian economy. Now, this certainly appears as a hostile act to me. I mean, you say you're punishing every one of Putin's friends you can find. You're seizing their boats, their houses, their cars, their girlfriends, their stamp collections, and their family photo albums. Should we think sanctions aren't escalatory? We're supposed to think of this as a business as usual and un- unlikely to send Vladimir Putin into his own self-delusional moral outrage. What folly, Joe. Yet to this very day, you refuse to say you want the Ukrainians to win this battle with the evil empire. What's up? Cat got your tongue? After all, every dead Ukrainian is taking a bullet or a bomb for the NATO nations, and for you, Joe, they're dying defending NATO. So what are they? What are the Ukrainians to you and NATO? Cannon fodder? This entire dialogue about offensive-defensive weapons is irrelevant, irrational, immoral, and the most contrived BS I've heard yet from your administration, and from you, Joe. But it's so like all the other BS you shovel at us every day, Joe. Why haven't you okayed harpoon missiles, as requested by the Ukrainians? Don't the Ukrainians have the right to defend their seaports from Russian warships? They've already sunk one ship and damaged two others by using conventional missiles, and that wasn't easy. But harpoon missiles are designed to sink warships. You continue to say you don't want to supply Ukraine with any offensive weapons. But when you're defending your homeland, isn't every weapon an offensive weapon? And this false premise, Joe, that we can't give Ukrainians offensive weapons is a crock and bull excuse. I spoke last week about the false dichotomy of offensive-defensive weapons in this Russo-Ukrainian war. If you believe in this dichotomy, then all of Russia's weapons are offensive because they're on the offense, right? And then all of Ukraine's weapons are defensive because they're on the defense. Where do you get this nonsense from, Joe? Are you role-playing in the White House where you're G.I. Joe and Kamala's G.I. Jane? If Ukraine is to drive the Russians out of their homeland, they're going to do this with strictly defensive weapons? What convoluted nonsense. Have you seen the devastation of Ukrainian cities? Does anyone truly believe with a few shoulder-harnessed anti-tank and anti-aircraft weapons? Ukrainians are going to march on Moscow? So, if you're so cautious and careful not to provoke Putin, if you're worried that giving the Ukrainians the Polish MiG-29s might tripwire the start of World War III, then explain yourself, Joe. If this is so, then let me ask you, Joe, how this gem delivered here at home last Monday by you fits into this fiction of being careful not to provoke Putin into a world war. Vladimir Putin sees it that way, that he will not use this as an escalatory... uh... I don't care what he thinks. Look, here's the thing. He's going to do what he's going to do. Putin, look... But you're not concerned that he may see your language and and view that as as a sign of a reason for escalation, use that as an excuse to escalate? Given his recent behavior, people should understand that he is going to do what he thinks he should do, period. He's not affected by anybody else, including, unfortunately, apparently his own advisors. This is a guy who goes to the beat of his own drummer.
And the idea that he is going to do something outrageous because I called him for what he was and what he's doing, I think is, is just not rational. How does what you've just said, Joe, fit into your alleged policy of careful non-escalation? In defending your moral outrage, for God's sake, you've backed yourself into saying you no longer care what Putin thinks. So now, Joe, give the Ukrainians the weapons they're asking for, the weapons they need, and stop leading from behind. I'll end today with what I opened with. The new law in Florida protecting the sexual and gender innocence of kindergartners through third grade in our public schools. Here's a short clip of Joe telling us here in Florida that we're bigots for wanting parental rights to prevail over the Democrats' perverse idolatry and ideology concerning transgenderism. The onslaught of anti-transgender state laws attacking you and your families is simply wrong. This administration is standing up for you against all these hateful bills. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom, on the playing field, at work, in our military, in our housing and healthcare systems, everywhere. What does gender equality have to do with the five-year-old Joe? If there's one five-year-old being discriminated against in a public school kindergarten because they're transgender, then bring them forth. Or close your foul mouth, show and get a grip on this nation's real problems. I'm Daniel Francis Baranowski, and you're listening to The Frankly Daniel Show. Mm-hmm.